0: hello this is dr david friedman host of to you good health radio widespread fear of getting the coronavirus has made self-serve salad bars and all-you-can-eat buffets a thing of the past americans will have to swallow the idea of losing the ultimate symbol of dining freedoms many restaurants that rely on buffets are filing for bankruptcy and closing their doors the country's leading buffet restaurant chain golden corral is changing its format and removing Buffets. Many Las Vegas casinos have seen their final buffet days and so have cruise lines. Not to mention the convenience of hotel breakfast buffets will be a distant memory. All of this comes from the fear that eating at buffets will spread the coronavirus. Dr. Anthony Fauci, a key member of the government's Corona Task Force, recently announced that he recommends people should never shake hands again. Even when the pandemic is over, we shouldn't shake hands with somebody we meet or high five our buddy when our favorite sports team wins. In my opinion, these recommendations are absolutely ludicrous. If we become germaphobes, we will lower our immune system and increase our risk of getting sick. Germs are our friends. We need them. Stay tuned and I'll tell you why. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman. Changing lives just for the health of it. We've all endured an unprecedented pandemic and everybody is on high alert. But sadly, many of us, we've lost our good old common sense. People think wearing gloves protects them from getting infected. Well, I have news for you the virus doesn't penetrate the skin on your hand. So if you wear gloves, you have to either wash them like you would your hands, or take them off and toss them in the garbage every time you touch something. A virus can find its way to your gloved hand just as easily as your bare hand. Gloves are giving people this false sense of security. Well, when you touch your cell phone or your keys or your face with that gloved hand, there's still a contamination taking place. And for all you folks wearing face masks or bandanas around your nose and mouth, I have news for you. One of the main portals of entry of a virus is the eyes. In the corner of your eyelid, there's a tiny little pinhole. It's called the puncta. Now, if you pull your bottom eyelid open and you look in the mirror, you can see it. It's a little tiny pinhole, it's tiny. And that hole, what it does is acts as a vacuum cleaner, which is why when you cry, you get a stuffed This suction brings your tears into your sinus cavity. So, but when somebody sneezes or coughs and these particles hit your eye, those germs immediately get absorbed into your system. Any microbiologist, they're going to tell you that when they do experiments on viruses in labs, they're required to wear eye protection people are wearing the surgical face mask like there's some sort of force field barrier against the coronavirus so much so that many are keeping their masks on while they're driving alone in their car or while they're outside walking their dog I had a 75-year-old patient come in last week experiencing dizziness. She almost passed out right in front of me. I literally had to catch her to break her fall. And she told me this has been happening a lot lately since she started wearing a face mask. She was hyperventilating. She could hardly breathe. I said, take off your mask. And she shouted, I can't. I don't want to die from the coronavirus. She was so scared to pull that mask off her face. I have some news for you. Face masks weren't designed to be worn all day. This can cause hypoxia, a lack of oxygen in the body, which actually lowers your immune system. Your blood needs oxygen to protect you from disease, and our two most vital organs of the brain and the heart require oxygen to survive. I saw a man jogging the other day wearing a face mask. Folks, that's insane. Running is when your body needs oxygen the most, and wearing a mask increases your carbon dioxide level and lowers your oxygen intake. So many people are losing touch with good old common sense. Do a Google search on people that have died because they were wearing face masks while they're jogging. It's happening all over the world. And look, I get it. You know, during, during these fearful times, People, we get into a frenzy, we don't know what to do, and then we got these completely contradicting things being told. The CDC and the World Health Organization originally announced we shouldn't wear face masks. Remember that? And then they recanted and said, nope, we should wear them. We're told one thing, then we're told another, and that's why through all this conflicting advice and unreliable science, it's important we don't lose touch with our good old common sense. If you choose to wear a face mask, that's your prerogative. If it puts your mind at ease and others around you, good for you. But I have to share a pet peeve that I have. Gotta step on my soapbox. Why are people posting photos of themselves wearing surgical face masks on social media as their profile picture? like it's something you're proud of and you want everybody to see. I saw a family portrait posted yesterday with everyone wearing matching face masks. That's right, a professional photographer was hired to take pictures of this family wearing surgical face masks. Now folks, these aren't matching baseball caps showcasing your favorite sports team logo. These are surgical face masks that people are wearing to prevent getting a disease. They're not a covered fashion statement. They're not intended to be a badge of honor to proudly boast to your friends and followers. You can remove your mask for five seconds to have a photo taken of your face. You will survive. All right, let me get off my soapbox. (laughs) Let's get back to talking about germs. You know, the FDA has recommended discontinuing self-service buffets and salad bars which is confusing because they've also shared research showing that there's no evidence showing that transmission of the virus can be achieved from food or food packaging. Then Frank Giannis, the FDA's Deputy Commissioner for Food Policy and Response, clarified by saying, quote, Restaurants should discontinue operations as salad bars, self-service buffets that require customers to use common utensils or dispensers. Well, first I want to say, as a holistic physician, I'm not a fan of the all-you-can-eat buffets. There, I said it. I believe they entice people to eat more food than they need, and I believe that's a leading cause of our obesity epidemic. However, I'm less of a fan of unnecessary and outlandish fear tactics. In my opinion, permanently eliminating buffets to avoid getting COVID-19, or any germ for that matter, is absurd. You know, when I was younger, I worked at several restaurants. The kitchen, let me tell you, it's crowded, folks, with cooks and managers and prep workers and waitresses standing next to each other, waiting for their orders to come up, and then there are the waiter assistants that handle all the dirty plates and bring them back into the kitchen, and all the employees that touch the clean plates as they're restocked, and in fact, before any plate or utensil makes it to your table, they've been touched by up to six different people. So if you order a glass of wine with your dinner, three people have touched it. The person that stocked the glass, the bartender, and the waitress. But you know what? Nobody thinks twice about getting somebody's cooties every time they take a sip of their Merlot with dinner, do they? You're probably saying, yeah, Doc, but having three to six people touch your glass or plate doesn't compare to the hundreds of people that have potentially touched the utensils at a buffet. If that's your concern, then all restaurants should close down immediately and permanently. Because here's what happens. When you enter a restaurant, you touch the door that hundreds, even thousands before you have touched. When the hostess brings you to your table, you pull out that chair before sitting down. Do you think anyone has washed and sanitized it between customers? I have news for you. Nobody washes or sanitizes restaurant chairs. Think about how many thousands of people have touched the same armrest over the years that you're touching when you sit down. But nope, you can't go to the buffet. (laughs) And when that waitress, when she hands you the menu after you, you know, when you walk in, what happens? She hands you something that has not been sanitized. If the customers before you coughed, sneezed, or picked their nose while reading that menu, you are touching their germs and when your meal is over and that waitress hands you that bill holder that too is contaminated with everybody's germs that have touched it before you for those of you that push on that metal toothpick container on the way out guess what you just touched thousands of people's germs then you take that contaminated toothpick and what do you do you place it between your teeth A bacteria's main portal of entry into the bloodstream is through the gums. Now I can go on and on and on, but I think you're grasping my point. So before you go and you hide in the closet, afraid now from what I just said to ever touch anything again or go to a restaurant, here's something you need to know. Germs are our friends. Not only are they our friends, germs actually make up the human body. Current research shows human cells make up only 43% of the body's total cell count. The rest are microscopic colonists. This includes bacteria, viruses, and fungi. That's right, almost 60% of the human body consists of germs. We're made out of germs. And guess what? We're also exposed to 60,000 different types of germs on a daily basis every day of our lives. One third of healthy people, are walking around right now with Staphylococcus aureus in or on their body, but they don't have staph infection. 40% of the population has streptococcus in their nose and throat without it causing any illness. 67% of people listening to me right now have the herpes simplex virus in their body. We need to have contact with germs to help us build our immunity. Everyone has become so germaphobic over the years. You know, even parents, they're afraid to let their kids play in the dirt. Well, that dirt just so happens to be the best defense to building up a child's immune system. Research published in the International Journal of Science shows that kids that play in the dirt are much less predisposed to autoimmune diseases asthma, hay fever, and eczema. Another study published in the Journal of the American Academy of Pediatrics reveals that children who bite their nails and suck their thumbs are one-third less likely to develop allergies. And the study is pretty interesting. It shows that how being exposed to germs early in life improves the immune system as we get older. And according to scientists at the University of Arizona, here's a topper you're gonna love, your cell phone contains 10 times more bacteria than most toilet seats. That's right, they found 17,000 germs on the average cell phone, including E. coli. Now, how many of you after just hearing that, plan on getting rid of your cell phone? I bet the answer is, None of you, uh, all of you probably said, Ooh, that's disgusting. And of course, you're holding your cell phone, most of you listening to this show. <laughs> I don't think you turned it off or you wouldn't be hearing me right now. So not one of you is gonna get rid of your cell phone. I'll share another one for you to ponder. The Journal of Applied and Environmental Microbiology showed if you're using a public restroom, you're getting poop particles on your hands after you wash them. Research shows hand dryers in public restrooms are blowing more than just hot air. They're flinging nasty microscopic poop particles on your hands and into the air. And those bacteria spores from people's feces can float in the air for up to 45 minutes, hitting you in the face as you enter the restroom. Yummy. (laughs) All right, now, as gross as that sounds, I'm sure all of you went, ooh, But you know what? I bet you're still going to use the restroom when you're out and about and you have the urge to go. You know, you've survived your entire life using public restrooms, and you've survived decades touching your germ-infested cell phones without getting sick. If somebody wears gloves and a mask for a long time, guess what happens? When they touch a cell phone that has 17,000 germs on the surface, here's what happens. They get sick. When Americans visit Mexico and they're told, what, not to drink the water, why? The reason is the water in Mexico contains bacteria such as E. coli, cholera, and salmonella. American tourists get sick when they drink the water because they're not used to it. But citizens of Mexico, they've been drinking that water their entire lives, and they are immune to the bacteria. That's because people from Mexico build up a tolerance the more and more they're exposed. And the same goes for allergy shots. Allergy shots work like a vaccine. Your body responds to injected amounts of a particular allergen given in very small doses, and that's how you develop immunity. So, if you turn into a germaphobe and you don't get exposure to all these germs I'm mentioning, your immune system will eventually fail and you can get sick. Germs are a vital part of our lives. We need them. You know, Dr. Anthony Fauci is the key member of the government's Corona Task Force, recently announced that he recommends people should never shake hands again. That's right, even after this pandemic has run its course, Fauci says shaking hands needs to stop. I believe that is the absolute worst advice I have ever heard from anybody's mouth. We don't need to live the life of Howie Mendel, that fist-bumping OCD germaphobic comedian and judge on America's Got Talent who's afraid to touch hands. I actually had the privilege of interviewing Howie on uh, this show, and he and I discussed his hand-shaking phobia, and if you didn't hear that interview, the replays available everywhere podcasts are heard. You know, I've seen Howie, he goes on these talk shows and he refuses to shake jimmy fallon's hand and conan o'brien jay leno and jimmy kimmel's hand yet during these interviews howie puts his hands on the chair rest while he's talking without giving it a second thought thousands yes thousands of previous guests before him have touched that same chair rest but somehow howie has managed to survive he didn't die from infection and all these germs he's touching We need germs. Why has COVID-19 scared people away from ever shaking hands again or touching utensils that others have touched at a buffet line? You know, people, we've been shaking hands since the fifth century BC in Greece. It was actually used as a symbol of peace. Humans didn't stop shaking hands after the deadly 1918 Spanish Flu, which, by the way, killed 50 million people. We didn't stop shaking hands after the 1956 Asian Flu, which caused 2 million deaths. Nor did we break the tradition after the 2009 swine flu, which, by the way, was responsible for 575,000 deaths. And In 2010, the whooping cough pandemic killed 670,000 people. In fact, pertussis, known as whooping cough, is one of the most highly contagious and commonly occurring diseases in the United States. And let's not forget the seasonal flu, which infects a billion people worldwide, and kills 80,000 Americans per year. How is it that we've managed to survive the world's worst pandemics and resume shaking people's hands and high-fiving our friends when our team wins? But that's not gonna be the case after we get through this COVID-19. What's preachers at weddings gonna end up doing at future ceremonies? Are they gonna say, I now pronounce you man and wife, you may fist bump the bride? I mean, we live in this constant fear of shaking hands to avoid catching the coronavirus from now until the future, certainly hugging people's off limits, right? That's worse. And if you're not hugging people, that means less sex and fewer children being born. So I guess Dr. Fauci's recommendation will help with the overpopulation concern. Fauci actually serves on the leadership council of the Bill Gates Foundation. And in a Forbes magazine interview, Bill Gates said, and I quote, this is from Bill Gates, the answer to eradicating disease stems from population control. Now, I'm not going to get into any conspiracy theories in this segment, but could this be part of a bigger picture here? So as of today, the CDC states there have been 116,000 deaths from COVID-19 and many authorities have shown evidence that that number actually has been highly exaggerated and the actual count may be much less. However, let's assume the CDC's number is accurate and the USA population, let's look at the difference, so we have 330 million people. Which means COVID 19 has a 0.00031% death rate. Now, while I consider any deaths from COVID 19 to be tragic and too many, if eating at buffets puts people at a greater risk of losing their lives, here's my question Why aren't ABC liquor stores and bars permanently closing? Think about it. Millions of people die every year from alcohol-related causes. This includes car accidents, suicide, liver disease, high blood pressure, and strokes. Instead of closing the liquor stores, they're eliminating buffets to protect people from COVID-19, a disease that has a 98.7% recovery rate? You see why this doesn't make sense? You know, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they've updated their stance on how a virus spreads and has stated, quote, the coronavirus does not spread easily from touching surfaces or objects. Now, wait a minute. If that's the case, why are buffet restaurants being permanently closed down? Why can't Golden Corral open back up their self-serve buffet lines? And even bigger question here is, why hasn't that news from the CDC gone viral in the media? Isn't that kind of great to know that you don't readily get it from surfaces? I'll tell you why, and I've shared it several times on this show, in my articles, and in my number one best-selling book, Food Sanity. The media would rather keep people living in fear than spread any good news. The media's motto is this. If it bleeds, it leads. Fear attracts eyeballs. And you know what that means? More sponsorship money coming in. It's all about the money. Now, during a viral outbreak, you know, it's understandable. We need to avoid handshaking and increase our hand-washing habits. However, we can't live our entire life afraid of germs. Shaking hands, touching doorknobs, and handling utensils at a buffet helps to strengthen our immune system. And if you do end up among the less fortunate and get sick, previous exposure to germs when you were healthy gives your body a better chance of bouncing back. We need germs. What's on the agenda next? Are we going to remove water fountains from schools and malls and airports? After all, everybody uses, you know, their hands to touch the button before drinking. Maybe we should also get rid of elevators and make everybody take the stairs instead. I mean, those elevator buttons, they're contaminated with lots of germs and so are ATM machines and they're not closing down. Permanently banning buffets is not going to keep people safer than dining at a restaurant table. If social distancing is still warranted, hey, people can stand six feet apart while in line at the salad bar. Closing down the nation's buffets is just giving people a false sense of security. There, I said it, a false sense of security. But if the perception of buffets being a health risk overshadows the actual facts, A better solution would be simply requiring mandatory hand sanitizer stations at buffets. Another option would be having an employee in the bathroom put a wristband on everybody that washes his or her hands which would need to be shown before being granted access to the buffet line. But of course, don't use that blow dryer because, you know, those poop particles are heading your way. (laughs) But, you know, that sure beats shutting down restaurants that rely on buffets and not allowing them in hotels or cruise ships ever again. I mean, this is doesn't have to be a permanent shutdown here. You know, study after study proves that exposure to microbes is an essential part of being human. Most of our immune system is various tissue that requires activation by the microbes we're exposed to. And without them, we will die, we need them. The vast majority of microbes are benign because we've built up an immunity to them. And they help our body create defensive troops that come to our rescue when we're exposed to pathogenic microorganisms. That's called homeostasis. When the body is compromised, Bad germs seize that opportunity to flourish inside, and that's when we get sick. And one thing that compromises our immune system is stress. It's a big factor. I've covered it on the show before. And Think about that. When does the herpes simplex virus become active? When people are stressed. This is why you see college students with herpes, blisters, and canker sores on their lips during final exams. They're stressed out. They aren't sleeping. They're eating junk food, which all makes for a perfect breeding ground for the herpes virus to flourish. Same for the coronavirus. Many people are carriers of the virus but show no symptoms. Who's at the greatest risk of getting getting COVID-19? the elderly, and those that are immunocompromised. By enhancing our immune system, we can make our body less attractive to disease-causing microorganisms. Okay, so how do you increase your immune system? Actually, that answer is not new. In fact, it can be found in history 2,000 years ago. A man named Hippocrates, the father of medicine, said it best, all disease begins in the gut seventy percent of our immune system is in our gut. We talked about germs being our friends and the most important are the friendly bacteria in our gut. Known as a microbiome, these bacteria help control our immune system and when a microbiome isn't healthy this makes us more prone to disease. So here's some food for thought for you. Instead of being worried about getting sick from touching somebody's utensils at a buffet, You should be concerned about the food that's found on those buffets. Think about it. When you eat the fried and processed foods and the meat that contains hormones and preservatives, these things can destroy your gut Bacteria, the good bacteria, same for sugar, sodium-loaded food, same thing, they cause our good gut bacteria to suffer. So instead, reach for the wild-caught fish and the greens and the veggies, mushrooms, and for dessert, opt for the berries. I did an entire podcast called What's Your Gut Telling You? I urge all of you to listen if you haven't. In this segment, I cover why so many people are having gut issues and what you can do about it. I go over why so many people are gluten intolerant, and I dive into autoimmune conditions and why we're getting them and what we can do to combat them. It's called What's Your Gut Telling You? It's a previous podcast on toyourgoodhealthradio.com, radiomd.com. Check it out. In closing, I want to say this. Throughout life, we're constantly exposed to germs. We eat them. We touch them, we breathe them through our nose and mouth, and we get them into our eyes. But our body, let me tell you folks, it's magnificent. It's a magnificent being. We have this innate ability to handle the majority of these germs. The essential task of the immune system is to maintain a balance between reaction to an enemy and tolerance of the germs we become a host for. Focusing on a healthy gut flora is crucial, so our immune system doesn't freak out every time we have a germ come our way. A strong immune system allows for the cellular troops to be there for us when we're exposed to germs that can harm us. You know, this pandemic, it's making us look at our family, our neighbors, and our friends as toxic Petri dishes. We're afraid to touch each other to hug one another, to worship in church next to each other, or hang out at a sporting event. You know, we're enduring tough times right now, but this too shall pass. And when it does, we need to get back to living as a society again. Our immune systems are counting on it. All right, in closing, I want to thank all of you for tuning in. On the next show, I'm going to be answering listeners' questions. If you have a health-related question that you'd like me to answer, you can email me at Ask the doctor at toyourgoodhealthradio.com, and if I answer yours on the air, I'll send you a signed copy of my award-winning. Number one best-selling book, Food Sanity, How to Eat in a World of Fads and Fiction. I'll also include my audiobook, America's Unbalanced Diet. If you want to stay up to date with my latest articles, videos, and podcasts, go to drdavidfriedman.com. And while there, be sure and sign up for my free newsletter. You'll get all the latest health news you can use sent directly to your inbox. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook, at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard me share something today that could benefit somebody you know, send them a link to this podcast. It's available to yougoodhealthradio.com and radiomd.com and check out our podcast library. Share these segments with friends, family, co-workers, and on social media. Sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts on iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.